How's it going, everyone? Episode 9 of Ball and Rolls Pick and Pod. Lots of things going on, but essentially with this episode of the podcast, we're just looking for a bookie. This is a plea for help. March Madness is going. It's taking away all of our money. But we got some Raptor talk. We got some Laker talk. LeBron James is not in the playoffs for the first time in forever. We'll talk some Nets, talk some Knicks. Kevin's really excited because we get to talk about deloading. I'm Woo! really excited because we're going to talk about Pascal Siakam. Okay. How's it going, boys? Kevin, what's up, man? I mean, speaking of all these superstars, are we going to talk about Jeremy Lamb as well? We're not talking about we're that. Not, we're not. That never. Oh, okay. Well, other than that, I'm doing great, boys. NCAA had a great weekend. John Moran had a one and done, literally one and done. Um, I, and, you know, just a great life, living my best life. There we go. Ogie, how are you doing? Not doing too bad, boys. Not doing too bad. I mean, I'm still trying to regulate my blood pressure after that Duke UCF finish last night. I mean, that had me on. Oh, that had my heart thumping out of my out of my shirt, boys. I mean, what an ending. Duke got lucky. They got they got away with a game they shouldn't have won. But you know, we'll see what happens the rest of the way. Um, it's funny because let me just introduce our guest real quick. But then I have a story about that Duke game. This is kind of how my life spiraled out of control. But anywho, we have a guest this week. It's Pete Horner. He goes to Bowling Green State University down south in Ohio. Nobody actually knows where that is unless you – why would anybody know where Bowling Green State University is, Pete? Let us know. Um, absolutely no reason. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a nice little basketball school. We, we turned some heads this year. But, um, Kevin, since we're speaking about uh, superstars, how about we talk about Cameron Payne real quick? Um, <laughs> you don't like Cameron Payne. Kevin has left the room. I hate Cameron Payne. I believe he's a waste of space on a roster. And he's case legit. Before Chicago Bulls signed him, they sent out to see Cameron Payne practice. They came back to the head office and said, hey, he has no NBA talent. He should not be on this level. That, those were exact words from NBA scouts. Somehow, he squeezed himself, him and his scooter. His scooter is the best part about him. <laughs> Into a roster spot. Do not ever bring up Cameron Payne around. Oh, no. <laughs> but no, Richard, I'm doing um, I'm doing really good. Doing good. UCF Duke finish. Um, same thing with OG. Like it's got my heart bumping out of my chest, and I don't know if that's helping the heart condition or not. But um, I really just wanted to get Kevin triggered there and say that Cameron Payne is a superstar, kind of like Jetty Osman. They're both superstars. Amazing. Um, so, you know, yeah. and- just be a fast, man. Mm-hmm. And I actually think you're having the best weekend out of all of us because you're the student manager of the Bowling Green State University baseball team, and you boys just got a sweep, right? Absolutely. Um, I'm the honorary student bitch here at um, Bowling Green State University. Hey, well, I'm going to be honest. Um, Yeah, yeah, here at Bowling Green State University baseball team, and um, we got three dubs against our arch rival of Toledo um, through the Rockets this weekend. And honestly, that's really exciting, and it's been awesome because that's the first sweep we've ever had in eight years. So uh, let's just say um, we partied hardy. Oh, you boys, partied hardy. You boys are bad. <laughs> but here, here's the quick story because we're all degenerative ga- uh, gamblers over here. Yeah, um, I don't even know what a spread is. We'll, we'll, oh, my oh, God. We'll, ex- we'll explain it to you. But, Ogie, okay, you got to hear this story too. Um, so first of all, Kevin's in the hole bad. I think you're like $50. Okay, yeah, no, but that's not in a hole though. You're like in, in 24 hours. Yeah, that's yeah. You're like that's 50, not fat. You, this boy lost about 50, 60 bucks in the in the past day. Yeah, but 
yesterday. Um, days, no, three days, four days. Four days. In the span of four days. It's the whole weekend. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, that's a great but, day. Oh, that's not, that's not bad at all, man. That's not bad at all. But here's what kind of broke my heart yesterday. Um, I decided to get a point spread, and I'm walking over to Avondale. Uh, Pete, you go to, you're in America. Avondale is just like a convenience store. Um, and <laughs> essentially, have my teams. I got huge in my mind. I got to cover. I got Oregon to cover. I got Virginia Tech covering, and I got Texas and I got Texas Tech covering. Mm-hmm. Texas Tech is my final four team, so I'm just gonna ride with them until the day I die. Get to Avondale. Get my lottery ticket. Everything's great. I pay my money. Mm-hmm. Walking home, and I'm like, and we get to like back to our to the lounge here in my building, and I'm just looking through my um point spread, and I'm like, Texas Tech, good. Oregon, Virginia Tech, and Duke. Why is Duke on this point spread? <laughs> I pointed it out to you too. You pointed that, that out to me, spread. and I and I'm just I'm just like, oh no, this is horrible. I didn't want Duke on my point spread, mm-hmm. but anyways, first game we're watching is Duke versus UCF. Mm-hmm. Every- to shit and the best part texas tech blows out buffalo oregon blew out yeah irvine too hey just so you know in the future i mean if if you still had time you actually could have gone back and asked them to void that ticket and you could have wrote another one out it just you just need to make sure to do it before the first game on the ticket starts oh but i'm lazy by nature yeah so no it's like well, a five yeah it's the six minutes yeah. um but here's the thing the worst part is texas tech blowout like you said oregon blowout virginia tech the Spread was 8.5. Virginia wins by nine. Yeah. Houston wins, I think, by like 15. Yeah. They slapped them. Yeah. Everything went to shit. And I was just like, I was kind of shaken up. So, what do I do? Wake up in the morning, get a $20 Monopoly ticket, lose that. (laughs) I'm like, okay, panicking now. Got to do something. Go visit this kid at work. Got to do some, I have to like mail out some stuff. Get another lottery ticket because I'm in the hole. I gotta just climb my way out. Lose that. So uh, this is kind of where I'm at right now. That's how my day's been going. Um, Ogie, do you want to first of all explain to Pete how spreads work because we got to get him in on this. Yeah, but you're missing out, Pete. I mean, it's gone to the point where I find it difficult to watch some of these games if I don't have some juice on them. So basically, what you know, a spread is is a handicap. So uh, one team, essentially the weaker team, is starting the game. Uh, ahead by, let's say, the spread of seven. The weaker team is starting the game ahead by seven points. Mm-hmm. So then, I mean, by the end of the game, uh, the team that you placed your your bet on has to win the game uh, by seven. If the spread's seven and a half, they have to win by eight. Uh, that That's the way it works. It's basically the way to even out, because, you know, you have heavy favorites, you have uneven matches, so this is a way to even out mm-hmm. the playing field, I guess. And you get it at even money. So what a spread does is it evens out the game and you get uh, even money. That's the way it's it, in a gist. That's the way it works. Okay. Okay. Cool. Now I have a question for you. Can you also do that with like players too? So like, say you could I bet know. player props. Yeah. Yeah. You could bet. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. You could bet. You could bet how many points a player scores. You could bet. Uh, there's there's props for points, rebounds, assists. There's matchups. You could bet. I mean, who's playing tonight? Sixers Orlando. I, I'm pretty sure you could bet who's going to have more points, like Jimmy Butler or or Vucevic, for example. So yeah, there's all kinds of stuff online, man. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, so does that mean that I can just invest all my money and bet in on Cameron Payne leading the Chicago Bulls back to glory? Oh, no. Yo, how late is it to block Pete off this call? I, man, why are we bringing up Cameron Payne? You, you, won't, you won't find – you won't find don't, don't worry, Kevin. He won't find too many Cameron Payne props. Oh, my Maybe God. over under how many minutes he'll play, two and a half, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> 
He's just out here to troll. Um, what whatever happened to the love of the game? Now we can't watch sports without gambling. Yeah, you know, yeah. Fucking Kevin's getting tickets on NIT games, which yeah. is the worst part. That's I had Texas Christian going on yesterday. TCU, yeah, yeah. that's a good baseball. That was sport. wild. But anyways, anyways, let's move we, on to some basketball. We got we got to make a little segue. Uh, but before we do, real quick, best basketball content out on the web: ballandroll.com, hottest merch on the web shop.ballandroll.com let's talk a little bit about the top prospects that we've been seeing um, in this national tournament mm-hmm. and it kind of starts with two guys it's Zion Williamson and Jamarant mm-hmm. Kevin what what was just like your overall perception of just how they play like Jamarant got a triple double in his first game Zion Williamson kind of just looks like a man amongst boys what do you think about these guys see the thing is that uh, Zion, Zion's just unstoppable. Just because he he's a yeah he's a man playing a boys game at this point. Uh, yesterday, their biggest uh, kind of uh, weakness was having a seven seven six guy in the paint with an eight four wingspan. And uh, like he he's a solid player, but without a three point game, I don't think he's going to excel too much in the NBA. I mean, like he'll be insane. He'll make highlight plays. He'll get highlight blocks. You know, he, he's going to he's gonna sell jerseys. He's going to sell tickets. But you can't win a championship with a guy who just dunks, unfortunately. But, Not anymore in 2019. He's awesome. But Ja, he's a special kid. Boy, he's a playmaker. But if he had more pieces around him, I think he could have gotten past um, – what, what was it? Florida, Florida State. State. Florida State. Because first, first game, they played Marquette. And you're going against just uh, Marcus Howard. That's it. That was it. I, I told Rich before the game. Rich was like, oh, they got supporting cast. They don't. Really, though? I mean, they could play team ball. That's all good and all. But Marcus Howard had the ball, like, I would say 80% of the time, throwing up bricks. So they blew him out. And John is special. He can play make. He can step back and hit a three on your face, run the fast break, and able to switch the gear like Westbrook can. You know, taking the ball to the half court and one speed, switching a gear as soon as they hit the three-point line. He can... Uh, play make like I would say like CP3 step back three pointers like James Harden and he's just he's got that he's got that swag like where he wants the ball he rolled this angle he wanted to still stay in the game and continue playing on guys special so that that's pretty high praise Ogie what how do you kind of see these two players because in some ways I kind of agree with Kevin but in other yeah. ways, I kind of disagree you know? Yeah, you know it's it's been interesting because I think up until now everybody's been saying you know Zion is the guaranteed number one pick he's the next big thing he's you know the, the next sort of transcending star but you know I'm almost kind of starting to wonder because like Kevin said okay he doesn't have a three but what I'm more concerned about is obviously you know you look at his body you look at how athletic he is uh, you, you gotta think that's sort of gonna e- kind of even out right when he makes it to the next stage like now he's taken on a, you know a lot of younger kids that are some freshmen some sophomores but when you make it to the NBA I mean you're you know you're going against the cream of the crop every mm-hmm. night not everybody's going to be a, as athletic as he is but there are going to be better matchups for him um and the other thing is i mean people have compared him to lebron i'm i'm starting to see a lot of blake griffin in him and more of the blake griffin from oklahoma so if it's for those who don't maybe don't remember you know griffin was this like super super talented uh kid i think he played one or two years at oklahoma couldn't shoot at all. I mean, you know, his, his game was sort of limited to like the, you know, 15, 16 foot mid-range jumpers had no perimeter shot whatsoever, but he could beat his guys off the dribble. He could, you know, fly, he could, he could block shots, he could play defense. And that's sort of 
you know, what I'm starting to see in Zion. Now, obviously, Zion is more talented. He's, he's even, even more athletic than Blake Griffin was. But, I mean, if you ask me right now, I'm almost starting to think that uh, John Morant might sort of be the better NBA prospect. In other words, that his skill set may translate a bit better at the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just like he has kind of – I would I don't even – I wouldn't say a Chris Paul. He looks more of like a Westbrook to me, man. He This guy – can score, he can penetrate, he's aggressive, he can pass the ball too. I see what you're saying there with regards to the Chris Paul comparison. But yeah, I mean, with regards to this, you know, these uh, opening round matches, I think John Morant's been, you know, exceptional. I think he's been very impressive. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've started, you know, looking at some mock drafts. Some people are having him now as the number one pick. So, you know, it's been interesting. Obviously, Zion, when the game was on the line last night, made a great play. Uh, that and one against Taco Fall. That's what superstars do. So kudos to him. I'm going to throw two more names out. I think uh, that that are worth noting. Carson Edwards absolutely went off the other night against Villanova. This guy had 42 points. Um, I've said this before. Purdue is a one man team. Carson Edwards is the only reason they're in the Sweet 16. He was he was great. He was terrific. And the other one was Brandon Clark uh, for Gonzaga. This guy had 36 36 and eight. 36 points, eight rebounds. He was fantastic. Uh, Gonzaga is stacked. I still like them to win. So those two guys, I think, keep your eye on in, in the you know in the coming coming games here. But yeah, Zion obviously impressive. Jay Morant, think he might be the number one pick after all. Mm-hmm. Well, here, can I here. Uh, real, real quick before we transition? Can I comment on something real quick? Yeah, man. Of course, you're the guest. I, absolutely. I didn't mean to be rude and interrupt. I just you guys were talking about this, and there's actually like some comments I actually have on this. Um, uh, Funny because Pete knows his place. That's why I put him on this okay. on this okay. podcast. Yeah. Don't be rude. It's your podcast, and I've already trolled Kevin enough. Um, oh my god! Go ahead. So, like, genuinely, um, I actually agree with what OG's saying there. I mean, I'm I'm a big Jamarant fan. Um, um, how do I put it? But you want to know one person that has actually like really stood out to me this entire tourney? Why is Kobe White not giving the love that he should be? First off, look at the hair. Yeah, like. Like that's eighty grade hair right there. Uh-huh. Like it's eighty, like eighty grade hair. Like Alfred Payton, um, Colin Sexton, move over. Uh-huh. Um, Kobe White's come in here. Great on ball skills. Great shooter. Offensive threat has played really well in this entire tournament. Um, mm-hmm. I, I not that he's up to the level of Jay Moran. I still think he should be the top pick. But like, I know you said uh, Nova. Um, OG, but I'm actually a big fan of UNC. I really actually think they have the most well-rounded team, and they're actually my pick to go all the way. No, no, I said Zega, bro. <laughs> oh, did you say Zega? I thought you Zega. said no. No, 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 that's not, my man. Dude, wake, wake up, Pete. Pete, where you oh, at? Did I say no? Oh, my God, man, I'm tripping. I'm yeah. tripping. BGSU education, man. Uh, yeah, maybe that's why I think Cameron Payne's a superstar. Oh, wait, he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, one second before. Uh, let just to get my quick opinion here, my two cents. Um, I really liked what I saw from Brandon Clark yesterday. I'm always a fan of Canadian kids kind of showing out. Um, White is another kid who's been really, really good, and I really like how UNC's been playing. Just it's so hard to see just good, clean basketball on the collegiate level, but you just watch UNC play and just some of just the fluidity in their offensive schemes is just like these guys just play above their age level. Um, but obviously Zion Williamson's insane. The, the athlete that he is, is insane. I think he's a better shooter right now than, than uh, Blake Griffin was when he was in college. I think he's a better passer now than Blake Griffin was in college. And I mean, if you're comparing Zion Williamson to Blake Griffin, 
I mean, I'll take a I'll take a Blake Griffin because Blake Griffin was really really good when he came out of college. He was an insane athlete, and then he was able to adapt his game. And I, you don't talk about him that much because he's with the Pistons right now. But Blake Griffin has reinvented himself, and he's one of the game's best players. He's still an All Star. My thing with John Morant is I see him as a, a literally two, uh, De'Aaron Fox two point the body type, just the way he plays, the fast twitch, the explosiveness. Um, I think that John Morant is the safest pick in this draft. Maybe RJ Barrett as well, because you kind I feel like you kind of know what you're gonna get with these guys like John Morant. Like I can see him literally being De'Aaron Fox, maybe maybe even a little bit better, and just be like a three four time All Star. With Zion Williamson, oh. dude, I I, th- I I just think he's not gonna be an insane superstar. I don't oh think John Moran is going to be a superstar. And here's, here's, I think the other, the other thing to keep in mind, a lot depends on obviously who gets the pick too. Exactly. Yeah. If, if the Knicks, if the Knicks win the lottery, I, there is, there is a 100% chance they're taking Zion. Like he has, he has MSG written all over him, right? There's, there's no way they pass up on him and they have Dennis Smith now at point guard. So they definitely take Zion. I mean, if it's Phoenix, I, I think they take, they, they've needed a point guard for the last, it seems like 10 years, right? Since like, yeah, they need a point guard pretty badly. So I think they would take John Morant a hundred percent. Cleveland would be interesting because they, they need everything, but yeah, Yeah. you know, discussing who's going to, who's going to be first, second, a lot of that's going to depend on uh, the lottery and how that shakes out. Um, Didn't uh, Zion Williamson get initially hurt at Madison square garden with uh, his shoe thing? Was that where it happened? Uh, yeah, it was, um, well, I'm going to be honest. That would totally be something that the New York Knicks uh, front office would like consider in their whole draft evaluation. Oh, he did get hurt here. That might be bad karma. So we might pass up on him for somebody who isn't even going to be in the NBA in five years. Oh, yeah, that's a Knicks thing to do. Yeah, that, that was a chirp at the Knicks, y'all. <laughs> You're just here to disturb everyone. And I'm just going to throw this over to Kevin in a second. But one name I really, really like. Like we're going to talk about kind of where these guys might fall in once the draft comes, but one name I really, really like is Cameron Reddish, and I've been I've watched him a couple of times um, during this during this tournament. I've watched him a couple of times during the season, and like one thing I really dislike about this guy is that he's super passive. It seems like I haven't seen him play like 10, 15 times. Mm-hmm. The, the, the low number of times I've seen him play is just super passive. But I just look at the body type. I look at the explosiveness. I like his shot is projectable. I think if I think Cameron Reddish is more of the guy who's just a project. But if he puts it all together and gets a little bit more aggressive, I think he can actually be the best player in this draft. Like mm. in years, that's my thing because I think Cameron Reddish is going to be really, really good. Because right now I'm looking at him and he's like, is this guy kind of like a Rudy Gray who's like kind of athletic can like go off at any time, super inconsistent? Or can he be kind of like a Kawhi Leonard? Because I wouldn't say defensively, but you look at their body types, they're, it's pretty much the same. Both guys are like six, seven, six, eight, around 205 pounds. Like, and the lankiness, I, I really like, I, as you can tell, I, I make a lot of projections on body type. <laughs> Maybe it's because of my baseball background, but that's my thing. I think Cameron Reddish, if he just, puts it all together, I think the ceiling for him is crazy high. But yeah, go ahead, Kevin. No, uh, yeah, Cameron Reddish is solid, but it's it's his passive attitude, which uh, is going to be his downfall. But at the same time, the most exciting part about this year's draft is Atlanta having the two uh, first-round picks, two p- potential lottery picks. The first pick has about 10% 
uh, about 11% to get the number one overall pick. And the second one has about 8.2% uh, to get the number one overall or 35% to get top four overall. So Atlanta has a, pot, a potential to pick one and two or two and three or whatever it is. And the best thing they could do is get that boy RJ and Zion together. I loved watching them together on the court, all the specials that were around them, and them just talking about each other. They go out, get a haircut before the games. When uh, RJ is doing a, a, a windmill dunk, not a reverse dunk, they Zion, Zion's jumping with him. Like pure excitement and joy in Zion's face. Like it's support, not envy that RJ is getting that clout at that moment. It, it's just excitement because your teammate, your brother did that. And that's a lot of chemistry coming into the NBA. And if somehow Atlanta is able to secure that, that would be amazing for the future. I mean, you can't really go wrong if you have two top five picks. But yeah, R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson is like the college version of uh, the Martyrs and Kyle Lowry. Tell me, Richard, did you just say that you can't go wrong with two top five picks? Well, yes, you totally can. Have you seen the Cavs draft history? Okay, I mean, like, if you have an option between Zion, Jamarant, Jamarant, R.J. Barrett, Karen Reddish, Hachimura, uh, Culver's really, really Ooh, good. Culver's, nice. Um, I, I kind of like DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Hunter. I just don't really see the ceil- how high the ceiling with him is. But, like, you know, you, know, you know how you can go wrong? Be the Knicks? Selecting Bull Bull. <laughs> uh, I mean... I because mean that, that has bust. I mean that has bust written all over it, man. That that has like knee injury in spring uh, in spring training in summer league. That has never living up to the hype written all over it. I mean maybe I'm wrong, but I mean that's just the way I see it. Oh no, but, I agree with you, OG. But we want to talk about some like Richard, just to kind of counter your argument on what you're saying there with how deep this draft class is. And um, let's look back at 2003 when the Detroit Pistons Detroit Pistons selected Darko Milicic over Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh. Dwayne Wade, may I go on? That's hilarious. Sorry, Pete, I got I got to interrupt because I actually watched an interview, a two hour interview with Milicic this morning. Do you guys mm-hmm. know what he's doing right now? What is he doing? He's a kickboxer. <laughs> <laughs> he's a kick. He's a kickboxer overseas, and he has like this huge farm, and he's growing fruit, and he's just like living in peace. And in his spare time, he's a uh, he's a kickboxer. So that's, what there about you go. The Kwame Brown draft that draft too. <laughs> I don't even know who else was in that draft. I I don't remember at this point. Yeah, I'll look it up. I'll look it up right now. I'll look Greg it up. Oden, remember Greg Oden? Oh, oh, I, I, oh yeah, over Kevin Durant. I mean, I, could you yeah. guys imagine if if the Blazers selected Durant? Then I mean, they had Aldridge. They had you know Lillard later on. Yeah, Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. No, uh, but like at the same time, I I I Bobo is special. He is seven two two twenty two. He can actually handle the ball relatively well. He has a good perimeter uh, shot as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the injury. No, of course. When you're that tall, injury, you're high, you're higher prone for that. Like Christos Porzingis, he's still injury prone. Mm-hmm. He is getting hurt often. But at the same time, are you not going to make a, a draft a kid like that? Yeah. Especially when you have like the 14th pick yeah. and your Boston Celtics, you already have a great roster. You can. You could take a gamble on Bull Bull at that point. Yeah, it, it's it's just it's kind of like Michael Porter last year, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, coming into the season, this guy was like top three pick for sure. He's he's, he's going to be a star. Gets injured, and what happens? The Nuggets take him at the end of the lottery. So I th- yeah, you're right, Kevin. I, it's gonna it's gonna be a team who can afford to take the risk that uh, that will probably take him. 
And I think Bo Bol is definitely worth the risk. Like you just see the body and the skill that he possesses. Like especially back end of the dra- of the lottery, why not? Like Pete, I I don't mean I when I said uh, I like who's in the top five, I didn't mean that um, the entire draft is deep. I actually don't think this draft is insanely deep. I think there's a lot. I think it's pretty top heavy, and then there's a bunch of role players maybe the rest yep. of the way. Yep. But I think Bull Bull like. Yeah, I can see. Obviously, there's a, the bust potential is there, but there's a high bust potential with a guy like Kristaps Porzingis. Mm-hmm. And when I see a guy like Bo Bo, like one of the players that I think is a comp is Kristaps Porzingis, yeah. and that could be like a ceiling. And I mean, dude, he's long as shit. What I mean, I I I double down on him if I'm a team picking 13th, 14th. Like, who else are you going to take at that point? You know, like yeah. who has who has that sort of potential? You know. I mean, look who else was taken in that range. Look at Giannis. Mm-hmm. I mean, Giannis was the same kind of thing. Yeah. He, he was a lot of upside. He was a lot of potential, a lot of athletic ability, but had, what had bust written all over him as well. Yeah. And, and he, he's, 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 he's not debatably, I think he actually is the best player in the NBA right now. So, you know, mm-hmm. like. That's, that's fair. But, and I mean, even if you go down a little lower, you go to like 20, 25 range, you see guys like Pascal Yap and getting picked. You know, but that's water under a bridge. Oh my god, this guy! Uh, you need you need a Pascal Siakam uh, club membership. I do. I need a jersey. I need a jersey. <laughs> just so expensive. And is, that right, yo, is that right next to the Noah Naylor um, membership, Richard, or is that like does this not translate over sport? Naylor membership has been handed to me like on a silver silver platter, <laughs> and I'm not giving it away. But now that we're kind of talking about prospects and where they're gonna, um, where they're kind of gonna go in the draft, and I think Ogie uh, mentioned this a little bit earlier. Where do we kind of see these guys go? Like Ogie, you said that Knicks have the first pick; they can't take John Morant, and I completely agree because yes. they just invested in Dennis Smith. Um, they're it looks like they're gonna make a run at Kyrie Irving. I just don't see the fit there. Mm-hmm. I, I, just based on that, I think Zion Williamson's a logical step. Uh, the logical uh, player to look at. Um, well, but- it's it's MSG, right? It's all about entertaining fans, you know, filling up the arena. I mean, Z- Zion himself, regardless of whether that team is competitive next year or in, in three years, mm-hmm. Zion himself will fill up fill up MSG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I'm going to throw this over to Kevin in a second for his thoughts. But here's just my two cents on, on um, Zion Williamson because I've been hearing a lot about guys just not knowing um, – where he's going to kind of slot in the NBA, like what position he's going to play. Like, is he a three? Is he a four? Um, I'm a big proponent to positionless basketball. And a lot of people say that because he's six, seven, he's undersized for his, for a four spot. And I'm just looking at him. He's 285 pounds. He enters the NBA. He's bigger than everyone. Mm-hmm. If you're a four who, who plays back to the basket for some reason, and that's your game. God bless you. Good luck. Good luck. But if, that's your game. Are you really going to back down to Zion Williamson? You can't, like, move you can't move this guy. So I don't. And I mean, if you're trying to jump with this guy, I doesn't really matter if he's six seven and your power forward six six nine six ten. So I think Zion Williamson will be just fine size wise. My main worry with him is being two hundred eighty five pounds, running eighty two games a season. Well, I mean, load management. Mm-hmm. But how is? Uh, I'm curious to see how his body kind of holds up. But just before I th- again before I throw it over to uh, Kevin, it to me it purely matters on who gets the first pick. Like you said, Knicks get the pick. I take uh, I take Zion Williamson because you, you kind of have to. But you you have a team like the Phoenix Suns 
get the first pick, I think I'm going with a guy like John Moran because I see John Moran and Devin Booker in that backcourt kind of turning into a better version of what's happening with the Kings. And I'm sorry, Ogi, but I think John Morant with Devin Booker is going to be a little better than De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald. But I kind of see that mold. And then you have DeAndre Ayton. You kind of build, you can build around that. You have uh, Michael Bridges, who I still think he's a pretty good shooter. Um, He's a restricted free agent, I think. He won't sign back with them? I don't know. If they get some solid pieces, I don't see a reason why he shouldn't mm-hmm. he shouldn't stay because he's having yeah. a career year right now with them. Uh-huh. So he's I, dropping numbers. So how do you think this is gonna go? Like let's let's focus a little bit on like the Knicks and then transition okay. to the Nets and the Lakers. Like how yes. how's this gonna play out? I think Ogie nailed it right in the coffin. Mm-hmm. It makes some like you'd be um, I heard uh, Shannon Sharp talk recently, and I actually take his words to the heart. He's a he's a very smart guy. He talked about GMs. As a GM, especially when you are coming into a new um, new team, you are already on the hot seat, or you're having a terrible few seasons. You're on the hot seat. You know you can't make the right pick. You have to make the pick that everybody wants, and the pick that everybody wants is Zion Williamson. Mm-hmm. And he's the he's a pick that you make, and even if he's a bust. You can go rest easily just because of the fact that that is the right pick to make that make make at that point. But after Zion, you have to pick according to what you want. Richard Richard is correct. Projected number two right now is uh, Phoenix Suns. Yeah, John Morant would be the smart option there. I think he's the greatest. Yeah, he's a, it's he's oh perfect. yeah, perfect over there. They they needed a point guard. They ran uh, DeAndre Melton, um, a few other guys over there, and like they can't do anything with it. They need a point guard option which could help Devin Booker come off screens. Catch the ball, hit the three. RJ Barrett is projected to go to Duke right now. I'm not Duke. I mean, RJ Barrett is projected to go to Cavs right now. Yeah. That's a great place as well. Jared Culver, possibly to Bulls. And what I'm liking a little bit more is towards the late, a later uh, first round. Yeah. I like Keldon Johnson a lot. Mm-hmm. Keldon Johnson and uh, PJ Washington, the, both the Kentucky boys. Coming yeah, out Kelvin Johnson is uh, UNC. Is no, right? Kelvin Johnson is Kentucky. Oh, Kelvin. My, Kel- my, my, my. Yeah, Kelvin Johnson and P.J. Washington. Both are solid talents. Kelvin Johnson especially. He runs the floor well. Great pace. Kills the fast break as well. And uh, yeah, the, uh, those are the guys I'm looking forward to. And Rui Hachimura projected to go 17th overall to Brooklyn Nets. It's going to make a superstar team even more scarier. Uh-huh. And that, I'm loving this draft class. Talk about how it's not deep and top-heavy, top is what you, whatever you want. But I believe there are diamonds in the rough towards later first round mm-hmm. and also early second round as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Chuma Okaki, uh, oh, no, Okiki yeah. from Auburn, I, I told Rich the day before the game, watch out for this kid. And the kid goes out and hits threes, and he's 6'8", 235 with crazy wingspan. So, I mean, it's a great draft class. Keep an eye out for this team. Yo, Pete, uh, th- we're talking diamonds in the rough. Should we call evolution metrics over here? Uh, but ooh, ooh, no, actually, what we should do is we should call Cameron Payne and see if he wants another ten day contract. Oh, no, we're not going there. We're not going there. But um, Kevin mentioned the Brooklyn Nets, and this is something that's been discussed quite a bit for Hold some me. reason. Um, Nick. Free agency. These are two massive markets. If you're a free agent. Where are you going? Are you going to the Knicks? Are you going to the Nets? How's the summer going to kind of play out with these two franchises, Pete? Oh, you mean the Knicks and the Nets? Yeah. Um, honestly, I you know I'm kind of looking forward to it because, like, to me, the Kyrie Irving sweet stakes is just all about the New York Knicks, and obviously, when they inevitably get the number one overall pick and get Zion, 
Um, and, you know, Anthony Davis and all that kind of fun stuff. I think the Nets are a very interesting squad. I can't necessarily speak for what they are going to do because genuinely I do not necessarily – like, I know D'Angelo. I know some of their pieces, but I'm not their front office. Mm -hmm. So, truthfully, I can't really speak too much to them. But what I can speak to is that the Knicks are about to be sexy if they make the right moves here this offseason, and I think New York's finally going to have a basketball team again. Pete. Pete, let me tell you something about Brooklyn Nets. A true diamond in the rough. This was a team that was in shambles. People yes, it was. It was. Thanks to what, – what's that GM's name? I'm sure you know. Uh, Sean Marks, I think. It's- no, Sean Marks saved them. It was, it was uh, Billy King. He's the one Billy King. Oh, yeah, that, that guy who should, should have never been allowed in a front office. Yeah, but this is a team that was going nowhere. Somehow they're making it into the playoffs this year. Not just any position. I'm pretty sure what they're in the sixth. 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 It's Trailer. the East. It's I the East. Relax. Talk about East all you want. There, there is still 15 teams in the East. Mm-hmm. They are sixth right now, and they were trailing 28 points against my man Ogie's team the other day. Yeah. Going into fourth quarter, 28 points. <laughs> Put that on his shoulder. Came up. Pulled up, hit that three. Came up, pulled up, hit that three. Ronda Kevin, Hall- are you? Shot Kevin, are you, a, are you? Are you a Brooklyn Nets fan, Kevin, or are you I'm like a, a like? Bulls fan until I die. But Brooklyn Nets have impressed me so much this year. Dude. I predicted D'Angelo Russell was making the All Star team, and it happened. Um, let Let me just say this: Kevin is a Chicago Bulls fan, but he definitely has the Angelo Russell the Angelo Russell tattoo on his left butt cheek. Um, you have to. Oh, 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 hey, hey, Kevin, how excited would you be if D'Angelo Russell uh, like a trade to the Bulls? Dude, don't, don't tease me with a good time like that. That's too good. I pre-ordered that jersey before before the contract has been signed. Yeah, Pete, we got we still got thirty minutes left of this podcast, so we need to keep. No, uh, but we yeah, need to keep Kevin here. They're all special. Rodion Krooks. He's also really good. He, he just pulls up and shoots. How can you go wrong with a guy like that? Mm-hmm. Joe Harris, three-point champion this year. He he is really good from range, but not just that. Mid-range, he can come in just because the defenders are playing him so tight. Come off the screen, hit a good, great mid-range. Mm-hmm. Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Jared Allen's nice. Damari Carroll is playing better, too. Ed Davis is coming off the bench and doing some damage, too. It's a solid team. And if I were a free agent, I'm looking at Knicks. I'm looking at James Dolan. James Dolan is a guy who he was walking out of the tunnel with five IG models in front of him. And then a guy was like, sell your team. What does he do? Call the security over, get that guy restrained. And the cops come and get, get him and kick him out of the arena. And he has a ban from the arena just because somebody asked him to sell the team. If, I, if I'm a free agent, I'm looking at that. I don't want to be a part of that team. James Dolan was also on an interview where he was asked, what do you think about next future? He pulled up a piece of paper, and he was like, oh, I like the kid Kevin Knox, Frank Nikigina. That's my guy. Butchers those names. These are your top prospects they brought in. You can't even remember. Kevin Knox. You can't even remember that name? I would not want to play in that team as a free agent. As, as a free agent, I'll I'm going to be honest. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Kevin. I, I It kind of got a little blurry here. I didn't know that you were still saying something. <laughs> yeah. But what I would – what I, what I was going to say, though, is that thinking about it this way, Kyrie is a very unique, very clearly an intellectual being. Um, obviously, he discovered that the world's flat, and that's a scientific discovery by all of us, let alone a basketball player. I don't know how he had the time to figure that out. But, um, you know, 
I feel like Kyrie Irving's going to listen to James Dolan's music one time and he's just going to fall in love because for some reason this man is just into crappy things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, I think, I, I, I don't know why. It's just because Kyrie Irving is in such a great situation with the Boston Celtics right now and he doesn't seem to be happy there. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's either going to go to the Lakers or he's going to go to the Knicks mm-hmm. and something tells me he's going to go to the Knicks. Because of James Dolan's music, so and, I mean he's also from there. Yeah, but, um, yeah, that helps. That helps a little bit. Ogie, where, what do you see happening? Oh, how do you? Yeah, here's. I, I think we're in a really, really interesting sort of time here, an interesting era. Uh, yeah. The Lakers and the Knicks are the two most sought-after franchises. The two most popular. They're the meccas. They're the meccas of the NBA, right? And it's, it's interesting because they're two sort of ugly stepbrothers, the Brooklyn Nets and the Clippers, mm-hmm. are, find, find themselves in, let's, let's face it, far better positions than their you know, more, more highly acclaimed, more well-known uh, brother franchises. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lakers are a disaster, right? I mean, look, I, I have no idea who's going to want to join them this summer, whether they manage to acquire Anthony Davis. I mean, we'll see. I think Jimmy Butler is a possibility. But the Clippers, I mean, all of a sudden, you got some very, very exciting young pieces there and Gilchrist Alexander and Landry Shamit. Uh, Doc Rivers, I mean, himself, he had there was rumors about him going to the Lakers. He shut those down quickly and signed an extension with the Clippers because he knows what he has there is long-term. It's sustainable. They got young pieces. They've got um, plenty of cap space, too. Look, we'll see this summer if they could acquire Leonard. But even if they can't, I think they're really, really nicely positioned um, to be a good team for a long time. And same thing with the Nets. You got to remember, uh, Damari Carroll is making fifteen million dollars this year. Yeah. He's off the hook at the end of the season. Same mm-hmm. thing with uh, Alan Crabb. Uh, he, he's owed eighteen and a half million. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared Dudley. He's off the book too. So they're going to create uh, roughly, well, yeah, about forty million dollars this summer just by uh, those three contracts expiring. They're going to be able to go out and they're going to be able to go shopping. And to be honest, they're they're not going to be it's it's not going to it's not like they're going to need to be out here convincing teams, you know, join us, mm-hmm. this and that. Free agents are going to look at that team. They're going to look at uh, a young backcourt and Russell and uh, Lavert and Dinwiddie. They're going to look at guys like Joe Harris and Jared Allen, and they're going to say, "Yeah, you know, this this is a nice position. I'm surrounded by young players. I'm in Brooklyn. Um, I can get paid. I could I could be on a team that's going to be successful for a long time." So it's an interesting era. I, I, I think it is. I mean, I don't think anybody could sort of remember a time when uh, the Nets and the Clippers were more exciting than the Lakers and the Knicks. So mm-hmm. kudos to those two franchises. Kudos to their front offices. Uh, two, two teams, I think, that are going to be good for a long time. Yeah. And I think when it comes to building a good franchise, you need to have a good backcourt in place, like a good young back that you can build on. And that's what we see with the Brooklyn Nets. That's why there's so much excitement around the Nets. They have Russell and Levert in their backcourt, mm-hmm. young, really talented. They can, I, I, they're, I think they're pretty on cheap contracts right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. You keep them long-term, you have cap space, you're in a massive market. Like, what, what's not to like there? And that's why... Um, I, I think that's that's how it's kind of how it starts in the NBA today. Like you need to have that back backcourt and just build from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just uh, touching on the subject, um, at this point, I have no idea what Kyrie Irving is going to do. Um, I agree with Kevin. I think the Knicks are just a complete travesty. 
And when it comes to a franchise, I kind of treat it like like a business, mm-hmm. and everything everything is dictated by the top down. You need to make sure that everyone on top is doing the right moves. The culture is correct because if I'm trying, if I'm making a decision, like Kyrie Irving is in line for a four or five year contract this season, right? This off season. So this is a big decision that's going to impact the next half decade half decade of his life. Mm-hmm. Is he really going to decide to go to go to a team with a horrible culture? Like, that's important. That's why I really like the Brooklyn Nets. And that's also the reason why I'm just kind of skeptical with the Los Angeles Lakers, because there's just so much toxicity going around in that in that team. Like, that front office just kind of butchered everything midway through the season. But then again, they have LeBron James. They have cap space. It's la-la land. And here, here's the other thing, too, Rich. Remember, Kevin Durant's going to be a free agent as well. And he's, he's all but said that he is likely not interested um, in playing with LeBron. Mm-hmm. Uh, also likely not interested in, in staying in Golden State. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's New York written all over that. So, I mean, if, if Durant joins, he could be the, he could be the sort of the first domino, domino to fall. So if he joins the Knicks, I think Kyrie joins the Knicks. Mm-hmm. They got a, uh, what, a top three pick. Uh, yeah. so, I mean, things, things could turn quickly. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I mean, that, what that would mean is the Atlantic would be absolutely stacked next year. You've got the Raptors, you've got the Sixers, the Celtics. Now all of a sudden you have a competitive uh, Knicks team. Holy smokes. Um, Ogi, you mentioned uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, kind of what's going on in Golden State right now with the feud or whatever it was between him and Draymond Green. Coming into this offseason, both of them are free agents. No, Draymond, Draymond's has, not free agent? Draymond has one more year. Yeah, one more Draymond year. has one more year. One of them is going to stay. Yeah. Who? Who? Okay. More than like Golden State wants KD. They will do anything to get KD. Oh, of course. Tom leaves Golden State. Is there any use for him on any other NBA team? Draymond Green. Yeah, of course. In this day and era. Yeah, because Draymond Green is kind of like that Swiss Army knife, who does a little bit of everything. I get it, and I think there's a value for it, especially because he's a one. He's on. He's on a. uh, What's it called? He has one more year on his contract. Mm-hmm. as a really good trade chip, if, uh, assuming something goes wrong. Okay. But I think Draymond Green is still an elite defender. Mm-hmm. He can still distribute the ball really well. And I think you need guys like that. That's why I. That's one of the reasons why I like guys like Pascal Siakam, because they take the pressure off off the primary ball handler, handler and just can move the ball. And, and it, it's really helpful for the fluidity of an offense. And while Draymond Green can't really shoot, mm-hmm. I think he does a little bit of everything else. Like he's that guy in, on fantasy on in fantasy basketball who just gets like eight of everything. No, I agree. You know? I've loved Draymond Green for the longest time. He's just he, a dick. He's a defensive anchor. Oh, you have to have that kind of guy on your team. Matt Barnes was that guy on certain teams. There are dicks on each team. Okay, there was Ron Artest. Roger Bell was another one. Oh my God, you need those guys. Those Cameron are, Payne. He no, he is just he's useless. He's absolutely useless. Uh-huh. There is no purpose of him for yeah. on that NBA court. Yeah. Other than hey, listen, February twenty third, two thousand seventeen, the Chicago Bulls made the greatest trade ever by acquiring Cameron Payne for Taj Gibson and Doug McBuggets. We're- I love Dougie McBuggets. I was sad that we lost him. Oh, Ogie, one for Cameron Payne. Remember, oh, Ogie. Anyways, wait one sec, Ogie. Sorry. I'm in the very near future. We're going to have to have like an intervention episode of this podcast Why? to just talk. To, no, no. Listen to me. We're going to have to talk to you and you're going to just let everything out. Talk to us about why you dislike Cameron Payne, because it seems like you really, really dislike him. Like he wouldn't <laughs> hurt a fly. And then when Cameron Payne is brought up, like, Ogie, I'm just going to, we're going to, well, let me, let me, I mean, Kevin, you, you should, 
you should be excited about Cameron Payne. I mean, if the Bulls are trying to lose games right now, you want Cameron Payne in the game and not Zach Levine, right? We're not. He's not there anymore. He got cut. I just oh. don't at all. Like, I, the this year made us slightly better. Yeah, but uh, Ogie, before um, I just kind of <laughs> before we kind of move on and focus just directly on the Lakers. Okay, preface about my character first. Uh, one. Wait, we're just gonna. I I just have one quick point about Cameron Payne. Okay. And this is just like a hot take I had while watching uh, Murray State basketball oh this past week. Oh my god, don't even. Wait, wait, let me finish. Oh, this is just directly to Ogie and like Pete, you can chime in. Oh. Can you see if, let's say John Morant, John Morant just has the worst career ever. Is, is he literally Cameron Payne? He's yeah. essentially the 2019 version of Cameron yeah, Payne. He's that, yeah, he's that, he's that, he's that guard from Murray State. Yeah. yeah, Dude, look at the body. They're literally identical except that. I know. Morant is just better at everything. He can play basketball. Yeah. John Morant can play basketball. Cameron Payne can't. Cameron Payne, I'm telling you, you can barely ride that scooter, dude. <laughs> he, he's just trash. I'm, I swear to God, both traded him for, traded for him for that scooter. Mm. They knew there was an injury in the future. Bring it over. We're going to use him. Cut Cameron Payne at some point because uh-huh. he can't play basketball. <laughs> yep. Okay, real quick, real quick, before we jump to the Lakers and that travesty right now. Um, Kevin, it, let's, let's paint a picture. Let's say the Bulls are in a lottery position where they get a chance to get Jamarant, and they get them, and, and, he, and they draft him, and he turns out to be even less productive than Cameron Payne. Mm-hmm. How, how are you feeling, like, mentally? Are we going to need to check up on you? Are we going to need, like, you know, have some interventions, you know, sign you up for therapy? What are we going to have to do? Okay, you know what we have to do right now? First of all, I don't even have that option. I don't even have that option to worry about getting the one or two pick because we're a terrible team. And you're terrible we should we should have we should have tried to lose, but for some reason we brought a Jim Boylan in. Jim Boylan likes to win. He likes to play hard. He likes to put NCAA play style in NBA. He makes players practice twice a day after back to backs, before back to backs, or whatever. He runs them the whole game. Runs them to the ground to the point where players don't want to come in just because they're tired. Mm-hmm. And he wants them to win for some reason. And now we're in the weird spot. We're 13th. We're 13th in the East. We're going to get like some mediocre pick, like 7th or 8th again. It's going to be trash. It's going to be trash. Don't even, no, it's not even an option. Uh-huh. I can't even worry about having a camera being on my team. Well, well even better, how about, we tra- how about you guys trade for Kevin Love as well? That'd be amazing. I, I don't want him. You guys keep him. Yeah, we no, I'm saying like you guys just trade him. Just trade it. Just so you guys stay mediocre forever. No, no, no. That's that's your job. Oh my god. Oh. Anyways, uh, let's just kind of segue. Uh, got a, got a few minutes left of this episode. Um, Ogie, I'm just gonna talk to you. You're the only other Raptor fan um, on this podcast. You know who is not gonna be slapping the Raptors around the playoffs this year? Not gonna be Jeremy Lamb. There's not. It's not. Oh yeah, fuck Jeremy Lamb. Uh, it's not going to be LeBron, but there's some good news um, in Toronto. I don't know, Pete, if you've been listening, but it seems like Kawhi Leonard might be interested in staying with the Raptors. Ogie, have you been hearing these rumors? Uh, yeah, actually, right before the podcast, I saw the report. Uh, TSN's Josh Lewenberg released it. Look, I I want to believe it. I really do. I mean. A lot of it makes sense. I mean, the way that the Raptors have ba- essentially babied Leonard, they, they've they've given him literally everything that he wants. He plays when he wants. He gets nights off whenever he wants. 
I mean, load management has become synonymous with Kawhi Leonard. I don't know the exact number of games he's played this year, but I think it's far less than most All-Stars that were at the All-Star game this year. So they've, they've done everything in their power to make him happy. Um, he sees that he's surrounded by you know, a nice young team. Not necessarily young, but there, there are a few nice pieces there. Um, but uh, here's the thing, though. The Clippers are, are hot on his trail. I mean, they've literally gone into, like, secret agent mode with this guy. Like, you have guys like their front office execs. Like, Lawrence Frank has been at most Raptors games this year. Why? Just to sort of, like, spy on Kawhi, see what he's up to, just so that Kawhi could see him in the stands. Um, look, the, the Clippers are going to be big contenders to sign him. I want to believe this report. It makes sense. But it may also be sort of the Raptors saying, you know, let's get this out and let's, you know, give our fans some optimism. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, look, I think it's 50-50. I, mm-hmm. I really do. I think it's 50-50. Kawhi is obviously extremely difficult to, to, to yeah. read and to get a sense of what he thinks. But from a Raptors perspective, they've done, I think, everything in their power to keep uh-huh. him there. And look, if they make the NBA Finals, will that raise the chances of him staying? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Significantly. But, I mean, God forbid they get knocked out in the second round to Philly. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's gone. And here's kind of my thing on uh, this whole Kawhi Leonard uh, situation. I kind of don't really – I'm a Raptor fan, but I don't really care what happens after this year. Because here's my thinking. You have Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka and, and I guess, Marcus Gasol next year on expiring contracts. So those are all valuable trade chips. If Kawhi Leonard leaves, I mean, well, first of all, if we get eliminated in the second round, well, I, I mean, this isn't going to work. Yeah. We, I think at, at, at that point, it's time to just like reshuffle the decks and just move on and just move in a different direction. And I but think if, we, if, if we make the finals, you can't, you can't say that. No, that you if, don't care. if we make the finals, then I mean, fuck, Kawhi Leonard better stay. Or I'm just yeah, gonna... best, best player in Raptors franchise yeah. history. If if we make the finals, I'm going to Kawhi Leonard's house and I'm going Mark Cuban on him and I'm keeping him locked down in that in that house until he signs on the dotted line. But assuming we don't make the play, let's say we get eliminated in the second round, like I mean, we gotta just change it up. Like Kyle Lowry is getting older, Serge Ibaka is getting older, Marcus Gasol is getting older, and I mean, I like what Marcus Gasol has been offering the Raptors, but I think Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, those guys are like the future of this team. And it's, at, at that point, it's time to go young because the Raptors have been on top of the East for about five, six years now. Like they haven't ever, they haven't been able to break through. Obviously, with Le, with, with Le, LeBron there, but I mean, I mean, they had their time, and this is how sports work. It's literally a, a, it's it's a cycle. You get to the very top, you try to to just get over the hump and win. You don't make you, you don't make it happen. You go back down. You start rebuilding. You get more talent through the draft, and I think the Raptors have good young pieces in place. And I think they have a really great organization that helps young players develop. I think what they're doing with the 905 is incredible. And I think they do a really good job of developing young players. So from that sense, it doesn't really, I'm not too worried about Kawhi Leonard uh, after next year um, because I kind of understand where the Raptors are at. But I mean, if they make it to the play, to the finals, then I mean, I, I feel like that should be incentive enough for Kawhi Leonard to go like, okay, I'm happy here. They're going to pay me a lot more money than any other team. I mean, Toronto ain't bad. It's kind of cold, but it's not that bad. And, I mean, we're in the, we're in the finals, and there's no LeBron here. Why not? Keep could I, could I ask you guys a question? Something that crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say the Raptors lose in the second round to the Sixers. 
<laughs> does, Nick, does Nick Nurse does Nick Nurse return as coach next year? Um, I think so. Really? I I think I because my you, you can't give up on a guy like that after a year. <laughs> like I because here's the even, thing: even after acquiring Leonard and Gasol, I think I think you got to give him a little bit more of a leash, and I think it also depends on what the Raptors do next year. If Kawhi Leonard leaves, if they're thinking about moving on from their veterans like Kyle Lowry. Um, Serge Ibaka, Gasol. Like, is there really a point of moving on from Nick Nurse at, like, at that point? Uh, and I'm in the mindset that like, the Raptors have been trying out a ton of different lineups. I think at this point they kind of know what's what kind of works and what kind of doesn't once the playoffs start. And if they don't make it happen in the playoffs, I, I put the blame on the players more than the coach. <laughs> no, it's no, they got to execute, man. Yeah. But, no, but you guys have tried, you guys have had coaches. No, but at the same time, Rich, um, say a coach gets available, a real mm-hmm. coach gets available. Dude, like say Doc Rivers comes in the equation, but he's he's just and no, he got just got extended. Did he get completely extended? Literally, yeah, he's extended. He's there for a long time. That no, was verbal. That's that's good enough, man. Mark Jackson's still available. I don't. Fuck. What do you mean? He hey, he got robbed. He no. got robbed. I robbed you. No. <laughs> Dude, no, like Ty- Tyron Lakers are looking for a coach. I think Tyron Lue's Tyron, please don't send Tyron Lue there. Tyron Lue almost he had a heart condition from coaching LeBron. He had to take a sabbatical away from coaching. He had an intern coaching there for a few like a few weeks because uh-huh. he had a heart condition. That's what happens when you coach LeBron James because yeah. you cannot coach this guy. You need a guy who sits on the bench and calls timeouts. Even uh-huh. that, LeBron does most of the time. Well, I, I don't, I don't know about that. I think you just, with coaching LeBron, I think you need a guy who has a ton of experience and a high amount of basketball IQ. Because a lot of the time, LeBron literally knows the game better than his coach. Are you telling me Luke Walton knows the game better than LeBron James? Well, well how do you, how do you, how do you assess that? How do you assess his knowledge in it? I, I mean, I, I don't, but like, exactly. I'm just. I'm just do, you, I'm, do you guys, do you guys know why LeBron bought into Miami and Spolstra? Because of Pat Riley. Exactly. You know exactly, and that's that's that like a Pat Riley is is that sort of profile is really the only well, Pat Riley kind of guy that could yeah. Pat Riley found, but one Pat Riley is st- was still part of the team's day to day. Everything that happens day to day, Pat Riley overlooks it. Okay. And Eric Spolstra was kind of like his chosen. His the chosen his point, yeah. So, but LeBron wanted to fire. Uh, LeBron wanted Spolstra to get fired. Yes, he did. Yep. And it was Riley who intervened. Who intervened and said, "Look, this is my guy. You're going to play here. You're going to perform." And that this is the end of the conversation. Bring Phil Jackson in then. Mm-hmm. Let Phil Jackson. Oh God! Oh God! No! No, we need those old. We need these old. All these old white old old. Jerry coaches. Jerry Sloan. <laughs> no, we need all of these old coaches to come. Coach of Bob just, Knight. No, we need old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think this is actually a perfect transition into the one thing we wanted to talk about with the Lakers, but like. Genuinely, if we want to talk about LeBron being a coach and understanding the game better than Luke Walton, I mean, at the end of the day, not to talk shit, but like he had 18 games to sit on the bench and, you know, do that. And it's not like that really helped too much. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Kevin. What? Oh, okay. Yeah, Kevin. <laughs> what? You're talking about a Lakers team who's a third string on many other teams. You have a bunch of young guys who still haven't found their ropes yet. 
Brandon Ingram, who knows how his condition was throughout the season. Well, he, he apparently felt pain throughout the season. Uh-huh. LeBron, don't even get me started on LeBron and his pain. I don't want to go there. But you have like a bunch of guards who can't shoot threes. Lonzo, whose shoes, his ankles are hurt legit every other day. <laughs> Lakers were shit this year. Well, actually, that what you mentioned Lonzo. Mm-hmm. Which actually is the perfect. I think this is two weeks in a row. You just come up with the perfect transition. Segways are my thing, man. Uh, they need to sponsor me. Segway, hit me up. Yeah, we need. A, this is our segue guy. So we got our segue guy, Ogi. Now we need a bookie, and I think we're all set after that. <laughs> uh, but bucket of the week, Kevin. Who's our bucket of the week this week? Okay, it's it's not it's not quite often that you can award a bucket of the week to an organization. Usually it's an individual that secures this. Mm-hmm. But the organization that gets Bucket of the Week this week is BBB, also known as Big Baller Brand. They were selling shoes for $400, $500. If you were anywhere over size 12, it's extra charge. And some NBA players did pay, pay for it. But what happened was that uh, NBA uh, recently there was some news released that Alan Foster, who's a, who's a shareholder, he owned somewhere around 20% of the company who had criminal background, embezzled over $1.5 million from Lonzo Ball's personal account. He went He went in for the clout. He went in for the, no, he went in for the guap, uh-huh. not the clout here. Uh-huh. All right? Lonzo took those papers right up to LeVar, showed him. LeVar had no idea what they were talking about. After that, every post of BBB taken off Lonzo's Instagram, and he posted a, he posted a post kind of similar to Nike. It's only a crazy dream until you do it. Uh-huh. Moving on to bigger and better things. Yeah. Le- uh, Lonzo Ball comments. Love you, brother. Thanks for getting us out, my G. Uh-huh. BBB don't have no ballers no more. Mm-hmm. They have LeVar Ball and Alan Foster. That's it. Yeah. The boys are moving on to Nike or something better. Unless LeAngelo Ball stays there, which is more than likely going to happen. But nothing's going to happen with LeAngelo Ball. And I think the, big, and the big thing here with this book of the, of the week like it sounds like Lonzo just dropped his dad. Oh, that did. was the best. That's funny. <laughs> he like, dropped it. Yeah, literally. Like that. I think there was like even a report that um, the big baller brand like was considered just considering like shutting down after this whole um, debacle. But anyways, guys, um, we're kind of running over time right now. We got to wrap this one up. Um, we got three days off before March Madness begins. We can save oh. our money. Kevin, you need this. Um, Pete. Always a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Always my pleasure. Um, hey Kevin, I, I'll expect that a uh, Cameron Payne autograph in the mail. Yeah, oh, man, you can get that at Quickie Mart if you want. Been <laughs> around the corner over there. <laughs> well, anyways, on that note, we're gonna be back next week. Our brackets are gonna be toast. Um, there's one perfect bracket remaining. That shout out to that guy. Shout out to that guy. That bracket's gonna be toast soon. Until next week, boys. <laughs> <laughs>